as we're taking our seats, actually what Sammy was whispering in my ear there was actually very good. I'd like you to come and share that actually. Uh, just continued theme of, uh, of love and just the vastness of what God wants to do. Yeah, I was, I was praying for somebody else, but I, I feel like this is for all of us. But I saw a swimming pool, and I saw that it was, um, there was lots of fun being had in the swimming pool, but I felt that the Lord saying that that is what we've exper been experiencing of His love. Um, we know the depths, you know, sometimes you go to the deep side, sometimes you stay on the steps, but you like, you feel safe, and there's an area of safety, but I really feel like the Lord's saying, will you allow me to take you to the oceans of my love? No more swimming in safe pools, but actually experiencing the width and the length and the depth of his love. Sure. I love church. <laughs> just as God just moves uh, just in worship and we just end up praying for a few people and just to our people walk into more freedom and uh, as Donnie shared that scripture, I kind of just laughing because it's in my notes, so I don't I don't need to read that later. I was like, oh, am I going to read that whole thing? Because there's lots of other things to read, and and just the whole thing of learning to love and serving your brother. That's kind of what I want to share about tonight as well. And uh, yeah, just uh, <laughs> just wanted to again just welcome Nicole. We go back uh, 15 years as a. Uh, a young lady, single mom, walking into uh, Dumble uh, Children's Home one day, and uh, yeah, she got saved that day, and uh, and, um, and shortly after that, we began uh, uh, walking alongside each other and helping in uh, finances. So, how much uh, snack money did you have in the beginning? Nothing. <laughs> I think you were allowed water. Huh? There we go. There was no snack money, so yeah, and we just, just what the Lord has done in their life, and as they just come onto full-time uh, eldership uh, a few weeks ago, uh, it's really, really awesome, and uh, just want to celebrate just those. Yeah, we've got relationships everywhere, and uh, overseas, down the road, Cape Town, and they long, 10, 15, 20, 30 years, don't, uh, don't underestimate the just relationships that you do have, and just that you build, so. So I just wanted to also just, um, I'm going to be speaking tonight on, and we'll get to the passage uh, shortly. Uh, right now the title is the, the Gift of Helps. Now most of you probably would have gone, what on earth is that? And I'm going to show you just now in 1 Corinthians 12, where we read all about the gifts and the body and the parts of the body that are all needed to uh, function so that we can uh, have fullness in the Lord. And uh, But we probably would have glossed over it, we would have st got stuck on the prophets and the teachers and the apostles and the healing, and, and then there's a couple gifts, administration, and then a little word called helps. But just at the beginning, I just wanted to just honor that uh, when I was in uh, the Isle of Man in May, I had the privilege of, of praying for a gentleman, um, Graham Lacey, Dr. Graham Lacey. Uh, he did some of the content, or in fact, half the content that I'm using tonight, uh, I want to just honor him for. Uh, he wrote a book called The Gift of Helps, and it's a fascinating book, and it just stirred me. It's a small book, read it several times, and it's just been mulling in me uh, since May, and I just recently felt that now is the time just to, yeah, to release it and just... Uh, yeah, just encourage one another, just to get alongside one another, to love one another, to serve one another. And uh, there's many bigger gifts, and we are called to desire those gifts. And we, sometimes we see uh, the apostles come and visit us, and other times we have teachers, and we see the prophetic in operation. We'll see miracles. We'll see healing. 
but, but there's more, and uh, we can all operate, and we can desire uh, this gift as well. So I just wanted to uh, kick off tonight and go um, just into James 1 verse 17, just a short scripture. It says, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there's no variation or shadow due to change. So every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Sorry, if I'm turning my back to read it there, I'm getting old, so I can only see three quarters of that one, so in case I have to read from this one. And then 2 Timothy 1, verse 6 to 7, it says, For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on my hands. For God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Now, we don't actually know uh, what specific gift he's referring to. Uh, but however, we do know that if we don't use gifts, they tend to fade. Uh, so we need to continue to be encouraged to use our gift and uh, continue to use them. So I want to say, first of all, let's fan into flame the gifts that God has put into you. If you remember, we looked at some giftings around about October, November last year. feels like yesterday, but it's actually more like nine months ago. And we went through a time in communities where we were identifying what gifts we had. And uh, I'm sure that you know the one or two or three gifts that you're operating in. And my question to you, and I actually want to challenge us to say, let's fan into flame those gifts that were actually identified and that you're walking in. Uh, and firstly, I want to say that all the gifts are vital in the unique economy of God. So like we have in Corinthians 12, and all the members of the body and the little parts and the big parts and the eyes and the ears and legs, whatever, they're all important equally important, and they are used in community and in the expression of community right here in church so that we can come into the fullness. They're empowered by the same spirit, and they find their optimum expression in community, and they're used to encourage and build up the body. So we're going to love one another, we're going to serve one another, we're going to build ourselves up. We'll get to the scripture in 1 Corinthians 12 shortly, but lastly I want to say we should desire the greater or higher gifts, but more than desiring them, our motivation should be love. And it talks about the more excellent way, and that is what 1 Corinthians 13 is all about. So thank you, Donnie, for reading that. So love is the connective tissue or the paste which actually brings everything together. It's the equilibrium. It's the balancing act that actually brings all the gifts together. We need to operate out of love, and our motive should be love. It's not about desiring the gifts for our own benefit or that they showy gifts or the bigger gifts. Uh, we can desire them but we should actually always bring them in love, and love is the ultimate connective tissue. So let's read 1 Corinthians 12, 27 to 28, and see this little word that's amongst the other gifts. Now you're a body of Christ and individual members of it, and God has appointed in the church first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helping, or helps in some translations, administrating, and various kinds of tongues. So we can see that gifts like helps and administrating rank slightly lower on that list, but they are no less important. Uh, we can tell you now, the administrators, I know Nicole is an administrator in Durnville. Phil is our administrator of Josh Jen. And let me tell you something, that gift has uh, stood us in good test, and it's been as important as the apostles and the prophets and the teachers as he's actually uh, held us together administratively as well. So who... When we mention the word helps, we've often heard everything else on that list, but we probably haven't often stopped. And even in the communities, we might have even 
Who, who actually does have the gift of helps here? Who, who identified that in the communities last November? Helps. Okay. Anybody else heard of it? Gloss over it. Rico. Anybody else? Okay. We can. <laughs> a couple. Okay. MJ's got it. Okay. So that this little word helps, or this little gift of helps, it's kind of in the body, almost like the pancreas or, or the appendix. It's kind of very needed, but barely noticed, and having very low profile. The only time we probably really know about it is when it goes wrong. Then it has to be taken out. <clears throat> so the question to us today is, I challenge us to fan into flame whatever gifting you've identified and whatever gifting you've been operating is. Um, some of you might be operating in the prophetic. We see a lot of that. Some teaching, some healing, some gift of faith. And uh, so that leaves a lot of the rest of us that can actually be operating and can actually desire this gift. Because I'm going to explain as time goes on that this gift of helps is crucial in terms of just our day-to-day 101 Christianity of just loving and serving. And actually, it's very often mundane. It's very often unnoticed. It's kind of uh, things happening day-to-day basis that, we, that is not really noticed by too many people. Often it's just noticed by the person who's receiving the blessing or the serving or the loving, uh, but it is celebrated in heaven. So it might not be flashy and it might not be up front, but it's equally celebrated. So I also want to take, take note that all the gifts are given at the discretion of the Holy Spirit. He decides what gifts we, we have, and although we may desire the greater gifts, they are still divinely discerned. And they're utterly unmerited. We don't deserve any of the gifting that we have, whether we're a teacher like Stefan or some of the prophets that prophesy up front like Elmery and Sammy and Stella and a couple of the other guys. We don't deserve anything. It's unmerited. Uh, the Holy Spirit discerns what we do and don't get. And it's not like an a la carte uh, menu where we actually just pick the gifts that we want. Uh, the Holy Spirit actually knows us better than we even know ourselves. And He gives us the giftings that we need at specific times. And you might have a gift for a season, then might operate on another gift at another time when you're needing that particular gifting. So it's not like we can just pick off what we want. Um, sometimes He knows us better than we know ourselves, and He allocates accordingly. So let's get back to the seemingly insignificant gift. But it's super important for loving, building up, and encouraging the body. And this is the gift of helps. So I want to just outline what this gift is and just highlight there are four components to this gift. Uh, if, we, if we do get there, as time allows, we'll tackle the first one. Otherwise, we'll just stick to the gift of helps itself. But it would be prayer, uh, encouragement, love, and sharing. And those are the components that would make up this gift of helps. So we can actually end up encouraging. We can share our lives. We can be praying for one another. And that is a way of actually helping each other through this particular gift as well. So as we said before, 1 Corinthians 13, which has come up a couple times tonight, it best depicts how the gift of helps is known and recognized in this world. So we, the world can actually see when we're doing good deeds, and we should be looking after, first of all, the household of believers. In, I think it's in Galatians 6, or rather look after the household. And, uh, but also the world can actually see because we end up testifying. We end up being uh, in the workplace. We end up with our friends saying, the Lord is good, or this person blessed me, or I received help uh, with, with that particular thing. So it's a gift of service to others, and it's a patient, loving, praying, and sharing gift. It says in Philippians 4 verse 16, I haven't put it on the board, it said, you have sent me help 
more than once. Basically, the gift of helps is going to bring relief. It's going to bring support, sometimes sympathy, serving, sharing, brings aid. It brings assistance and, uh, and giving of ourselves as a living sacrifice and a testimony to the world. So those are the gift of helps are often doing the mundane, menial tasks, the tasks that need to be done in church. They're always volunteering and do it with much love and much grace as well. And I can just, yeah, I can just even highlight a few people who didn't put their hands up. I mean, guys like Dean and Joanne, uh, just, yeah, <laughs> Joanne's forever cooking and Dean's forever running around and doing stuff and moving people's homes. And, yeah, Francois Barnard and, uh, yeah, just fetching the guys from choir every week and Asla and the guys who help and Bertus, um, Rochelle, Paul, Robin, uh, just, yeah, some of the guys who just really operate in, in this particular gifting are just do the mundane, do the menial, do whatever's required, and do it out of love and grace and through a humble heart as well. As we said, it's often seen just by the person receiving the beneficiary, but it's actually celebrated in heaven. They come alongside, and these are, the big, these are all the Ds, they come alongside the downtrodden, the downcast, the depressed, the defeated, the doubting, and the deserted. And they serve joyfully, patiently listening and full of love and bringing encouragement. And basically the word encouragement, basically the word, the E-N before uh, the word courage is basically means uh, inside. So it actually just brings courage into people, courage inside people. So God, he's more than able to help. He can use his mighty hand. He can sort out most of our situations. He can send a legion of angels uh, whenever he pleases in Psalm 91 verse 11. But he actually chooses you and me to help him through this gift of helps. And it's kind of a bit like a basketball game, probably also a netball game. And uh, what often happens to make the game more exciting uh, is the ball gets passed and the person in a better position, they're actually the people who actually do the scoring. But it doesn't matter whether the person passing or the person receiving, both actually get the joy out of actually scoring the goal. just makes the game more exciting and the ball gets passed to the better, better position player so both can score the goal. So although we sometimes admire everybody in the spotlight, maybe the preachers or the people who are running the services or the leaders, whatever, but they also need assistance. And we are often the cis demonstrating the love of God to one another. So we can in, end up assisting. He could sort out any problem he wanted to do. He could send a legion of angels, but he calls you and me to assist in terms of demonstrating his love. And by assisting him, we create many three-pointers in the game. I think there's three points for scoring. But, um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we, we make it complete. When we assist, when we help, when we love and serve each other, uh, then we're actually helping assist uh, the Lord in the work that needs to be done. However, it is fully reliant on the Holy Spirit to be fully effective. And as we said earlier, it is one of the uh, gifts listed in 1 Corinthians uh, 12. It is a charisma gift. It's full of life. Uh, it's overflowing with the life of God, and it's alive. And when we use it, not only will it bless others, but it'll actually bless ourselves, and it'll actually enhance your own quality of your spiritual life as well. So it's alive. It's the life of God. So we might ask, how is that different to the good deeds that are done by many people out there? Because many people do good things. Uh, this one is empowered by the Holy Spirit. And this is in essential uh, if we want to uh, attain the purposes of God. And it has a kingdom and spiritual effect as well. It says in Galatians 6 verse 10, So then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, especially those 
in the household of faith. And you'll even enjoy precious fellowship with our Savior as well. Anybody heard of the phrase, God helps those who help themselves? Ever heard that mentioned? Okay, well, it's utterly wrong. Okay. It came, it's certainly not true. Uh, it actually originated way back in 1757 from Benjamin Franklin. And actually, one in eight Americans actually believe that this particular saying is probably one of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> but it couldn't be far from the truth. Okay, the truth is that God helps those who cannot help themselves, often through you and me and the gift of helps. Two examples, Old Testament, where the word helps is used, and we'll get on to the Greek word. I will use one Greek word, uh, just to make sure that I can, <laughs> just to please Stefan. And uh, so the word, the word uh, for helps is a word called antilepsis, and can you believe it's mentioned 240 times in the Bible and translates as practical help, aid, and lending support. So two examples of that would have been in Genesis 2, uh, where a suitable helper uh, is uh, made for our good friend Adam. And uh, so he ends up being turned from something from not good to good by the word antilepsis, helps. And then also in Exodus 17, we know that Aaron and her were lifting up the arms of Moses during the battle. And this is both a practical application and also a spiritual application as well. So there are burdens amongst us that we cannot or shouldn't carry alone. And helps is, a vital, helps is therefore such a vital gift for many of us. We can desire that. We don't need, it's almost 101 Christianity. We should be doing it as servants. We should be doing it because we love one another. Uh, the fact that it's a gift, that it's a charisma gift full of the life of God and overflowing, uh, we can actually desire that, that gift. That's a simple gift to desire, and we should all be operating in that gift as well, in addition to some of the other greater gifts that we desire as well. So why, okay, we've been there. Why is it so different from the, the good of the world? Um, and people rally to all sorts of causes. Um, just a, a funny story. I was just walking at the point a couple of days ago on Thursday. Bumped to Stefan, walked around. I uh, was not really concentrating, uh, thinking. Walked around the corner near to where the um, zip line is. And I literally came within about a foot of a big female seal that was basking and resting. And the seal like kind of went, Wah! and I kind of like, whoa. And then, and then there was another little lady there saying, no, don't mind the seal, mind the seal. And, you know, keep away, it's resting and all. And it was within 10 minutes, there were people rallied and the smart organization. And people are going to watch the seal the whole day and make sure that it's protected, which is a good thing. But it's quick. People are quick to rally around good things and good causes. Um, and, and, that's, and that's good, but uh, certainly there's an impact in the natural, and by obedience there's an impact in the spiritual, uh, like the Aaron and her uh, example uh, with Moses. Helps, however, is an impact in the spiritual world, and is used to glorify God and work out His purposes. And our natural gifts aren't sufficient, uh, or they're inadequate for the fulfillment of His purposes, which the Lord has called you to. Probably just a wonderful example of, of helps is in a scripture in Acts 27, verse 14 to 17. It's a fascinating story. You can go and read it home uh, just, just before this, and then there's quite a lot after this, uh, just in terms of uh, you know, what actually does take place after this, but we're just going to abbreviate it and go, but soon, a big word, a tempestuous wind called the Northeaster struck down from the land. 
And when the ship was caught and could not face the wind, we gave way to it and we were driven along. Running under the lee of a small island called Kauda, we managed with difficulty to secure the ship's boat. After hoisting up, they used supports to undergird the ship. And I want us to just concentrate on that word undergird. That word also is the same word antilepsis that we use for helps. And uh, that is a particular thing that they do do. Uh, true story. Um, picture those type of boats, wooden boats. You've all seen them. Uh, heavy, heavy storm. What actually happens is four people have a rope tied to them. A big rope, not a little rope. And they actually dive over the sides of the boat. Literally two on that side, two on this side. They go underneath the boat, cross over, and come back to the surface, and they actually make sure that they use those ropes to actually tighten the boat, tighten the woodwork, so that the boat will be more secure uh, in the storm. So you can just imagine the storm is brewing, two guys on either side, dive underneath the hull, come up on the other side, strengthen the boat. That is what helps is all about. Okay. This is actually called undergirding or frapping. So an attempt at 276 people on board, it tells you that later on in that chapter, there were 276 people. None of these people, these helps were not known, not named, they're not famous, um, but they mattered immensely to those who were on the, on the boat. So they were known by God, and they were equipped by God, enabled and strengthened for that task. So the question for us is how many people, I like that word undergird, how many people can we undergird with the gift of helps operating through you, enabled by the Holy Spirit? Maybe the tempestuous storms are emotional and mental for us. Maybe it's depression. Whatever it is, sometimes the storms might come. So how many people through helps and through serving and loving and getting alongside each other in a very small way can we actually make such a big difference? So when God calls us to be his helps, he equips you for the mission. You alone, along with many in Scripture, might go unnoticed or uncelebrated amongst us. And nobody really sees what you're doing. But you, you are majorly celebrated in heaven and storing up lots of tax-free treasure. Some of the other guys who might have been little helps. Like, what about the boy who loaned his lunch? <laughs> the f- how many bre- breads and how many fishes? Always get confused. Five loaves and two fish. <laughs> okay, we got it. <laughs> got it. Got it. The lender of the cult that Jesus rode on. The lender of the upper room. The four friends who lowered their friends through the roof. Um, the wise men sent by a foreign prince to provide for Jesus at the time of his birth. And the fruit of helps is generosity, blessedness, and abundant life. And we cannot bless others without being blessed in return. So as we said before, God can sort out stuff in an instant. And this is available to us in addition to the gift of helps. In Philippians 2 verse 4, short little verse, it said, Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. We are called to look to each and every one of our interests. And when we do God's work, he helps us. We are called to help those who cannot help back. And our role model for this is Jesus. If we follow his example, powered by the Holy Spirit, we'll make a huge difference. So I'm just going to briefly touch in the last five or seven minutes just on prayer and the important component that it makes up of helps. 
One of the greatest gifts we can offer our fellow saints is prayer. We found that in many different ways. It might have been praying for people last week, just for breakthrough, for freedom. It is praying for people in your quiet times, praying for people that they might have breakthrough, praying for their situations. We can actually support our fellow saints through prayer. Paul instructs us to pray at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. The gift of helps expressed through prayer is a significant aid for those in times of trial. We need to pray for one another. We need to pray in our quiet times. There are many people going through trials. We can pray here on a Sunday. We can pray in communities, but we can also pray uh, every day uh, when we're actually dealing with uh, our, yeah, when, we, when we're actually praying in our own quiet times. So in addition to practical support, that's the little hidden little things that we're doing for one another that make life so much easier. We can pray for those needing spiritual breakthrough. And in James 5, verse 16, we all know it. It says, the prayer of a righteous man has great power as it is working. So it says, without prayer, we can do nothing. In fact, we should do nothing. Prayer moves the heart of God. And again, Christ is our example. If he was interceding for us at the right hand of the Father, we can imitate him, and we should be interceding for our brothers. And I just want to close off by Scripture in Matthew 18, verse 19 to 20. We can read it together. Again, I say to you, if two of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among them. Such a beautiful scripture. There's no greater power than agreement. And when two or three are gathered in his name and agree on something, it will come to pass. So it's a covenantal principle. And we can use our gift of helps by offering the strength of agreement through prayer. So when we get together, two or three of us, and we agree with something, then we actually there's power in that. So you and I can make a difference when we are in agreement in prayer. He's there for us, even when we don't know what to pray. We can pray in tongues. We, um, we can, yeah, he knows what we need. <laughs> and uh, we, can, we can pray continually, even when we don't know what to pray. So probably the shortest prayer in the Bible is in Psalm 12, and it's two words, and it says, help me. <laughs> That's the shortest prayer. The longest is in John 17. We're not going to read it. Uh, it's basically a, a prayer for protection, for sanctification, and unity for the disciples. And we should be praying the same prayer for each other. And as we exercise this gift of, of helps through prayer, we can see God's promises fulfilled and our prayers empowered in ways we could only imagine. So we're called to pray for one another and uh, pray for protection, pray for our sanctification, pray for our unity, that word keeps coming up. So in closing, it's a small little word in the list of giftings. It's not an exhaustive list of giftings. There are lists of giftings elsewhere uh, in Romans and other places, but just that this word sometimes gets tucked away and we just gloss over it and we just read and helps. But, and as we ask who actually heard of it or who feels they've got it, maybe there were three or four people who put their hand up. And I, and I believe that most of us should be doing that and most of us can desire this particular gift. Sure, we need to desire the greater gifts, but ultimately the Holy Spirit decides what gifts we are given for the time that we actually need those particular gifts. So, so I want to encourage us today that... Um, that we can all make a difference. We can serve one another. We can love one another. So we have church on Sunday. We have church on Wednesday. And we, the beautiful thing about family came out through the testimonies 
uh, as well tonight. And we are, we are a family, and we pray for one another here. But we can actually do those small, small little things that make a difference, that we can love and serve one another. And maybe you don't get noticed. Maybe nobody sees what you're doing and the little blessings that you are to some people, whatever it might be. But it is celebrated in heaven. And, uh, and yeah, you'll have, you'll have tax credits in heaven for, for just doing the little things, the unnoticed, the unseen uh, little things as well. So, yeah, I want to just... Uh, Maybe we can maybe we can just respond and uh, just as we mentioned earlier, just to fan into flame the gift that you have inside you. I don't know what that gift is. I, I know some people's gifting. I can see it operate, but there's many people there. There's maybe 150 adults here, and I want to I want to just give us a chance. Maybe we can maybe we can stand. Uh, Michael, maybe you can just play on the keys uh, as we just just take a couple moments to reflect. What what did we learn last October, November? What was the gifts? that were identified in your life. Are you using them? Do we need to fan them into flame? It's an opportunity as we just close off tonight to say, Lord, I believe you've given me that gift. Or, Lord, I desire that gift. Or I'm not really operating. I don't know what I'm meant to be operating and I don't know. But the minimum that you can desire is the, the gift of helps where we can actually love and serve and just go unnoticed. But we actually are very noticed in heaven. So, so yeah, as, as Michael just plays quite in the background, let's stand and let's just uh, ask the Lord and just fan into flame and just remind yourself, what, what did the Lord do for you last time? We looked at the gifts. What is the gift that maybe the Lord is just highlighting for you and uh, that you desire? And, um, yeah, let's just, we're not going to pray for anybody up front, but uh, if you need prayer afterwards, uh, we'll certainly pray for you if you still feel you need to be prayed for for some area of breakthrough in your life, for some uh, area of freedom. Uh, just, yeah, I believe that the Lord's work is not just last Sunday and there's still more that, that the Lord is actually revealing. And just, yeah, if this thing's still hidden in your heart or, yeah, you're just struggling and uh, maybe you're still struggling with anxiety. Uh, I did... Uh, testified May when I got back from the other man that it was one of my struggles that I just struggled with anxiety and, and panic attacks and uh, yeah they prayed for me and and I have had nothing since I have no panic attack no fear no anxiety and so the power of prayer and people laying hands on you uh, yeah it's just powerful so don't leave this place we are here to serve you and we don't want you to leave um, before you've been prayed for, if, if you need further prayer. Some of the ladies, some of the guys, some of the leaders can pray for you. But yeah, let's just, as Michael plays quietly, just take two minutes to reflect and ask the Lord, what, what do you desire? What gift do you desire? What is He, pin, what is he highlighting to you? And uh, yeah, man, just ask Him, Lord, how can I help? How can I serve? How can I love like we read about in 1 Corinthians 13 earlier? So let's just spend two minutes just reflecting.